Welcome to the Talking Llama Podcast, the podcast for podcasters. Thanks for stopping by as we discuss all things podcasting, like gear and creative processes, even marketing and promoting your brand. If you're looking to grow, monetize, or even just start your podcast, you're in the right place. The Talking Llama Podcast is here to help you tell your story to the world with confidence. Here's your host, Ian Roth. Hello, what's going on, my fellow llamas? So this week's episode, have an awesome guest, Billy Kyle. So been a huge fan of this guy for a long, long time. And I mean, he's a hell of a dude, has a YouTube channel with, I think last time I checked, 77,000 subscribers. So this guy knows his way around the online digital content. And he also has a podcast. So that's why I brought him on the show this week. So has a lot of awesome things to say. Hope you are able to take some knowledge away from here that you can implement into your online media and hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Talking Llama podcast. I have Billy Kyle with me tonight. And if you don't know who he is, he has a YouTube channel with a couple subscribers, but he also has an awesome podcast called the Flight Time Podcast, where he talks about all of his adventures flying drones. So how you doing, Billy? Good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me on the show. And yeah, you know what? That that reminds me. I got to go and record an episode for that. <laughs> yeah. So I was going through um, on your on your YouTube page just the podcast that you recorded and uploaded there. And you know, I need to get to that level where I'm putting my podcasts on, add some video, and putting them on that platform. So. Yeah, you know what? Uh, so I do the podcast with Ken Dono, who's down from Florida. Um, and with me being in Philadelphia, we wanted to add like a video element to it. So we would have both of us record our own separate video and then our audio track, and then we would splice them together. And then we tried to actually get together and shoot these podcasts, but it just became it became a lot of work. And I feel like you've got to really get to that next level where you're almost bringing in like a decent income from a podcast to even do, um, you know, some sort of video just because there's a whole nother level of production value. And that's something that I kind of tried to jump into and it ate me alive. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that point up. I mean, it is, it is quite a commitment just to do consistent audio for a podcast. So adding video and, having to do all that editing and extra setup and all that stuff in all the way out to post. I mean, that is a significant time commitment. So I like what you said there, Billy, about needing to have some sort of income coming in to justify doing that. Yeah, look, it's true because it's even with YouTube, right? Um, I mean, with YouTube, it's nice because you can kind of start with a cell phone. But at the end of the day, if you're going to continue to spend hours of your week and you're not getting anything in return, um, you know, I know that there's a lot of people that say that they do YouTube for fun. And while it's great to do YouTube for fun, if you've got a job, if you're going to put, you know, the hours like you would into a job into YouTube and you're not getting any money back, it's just kind of like you sit there and you think to yourself, why am I doing this? Um, so it's always great to have that drive in the background, but there's, it's always got to make sense in terms of the money, you know? Yeah. Our, our time is worth money. It's just, yeah. Stay, you know, matter of fact, a, a true statement, our time is worth money. So kind of between your YouTube channel and your podcast, kind of going back to the beginning and and starting up, how how did you start spreading the word for these two online media? I mean, what, what were you doing? How did you get your your word, your brand out there? What worked? What didn't work for you? So, you know, um, I, I first started in the forums, not particularly like because I fly drones and I had a 
DJI Phantom 4 in the beginning. It wasn't particularly like in the DJI forums, but I went on to Reddit and I started to kind of build my own community through there. So I'd go into some of the established subreddits, like the DJI subreddit, the Phantom subreddit. And um, through there, I would share out my content. And you have to kind of be careful how you share your content through there because the people on Reddit will like rip you alive or, you know, they'll they'll kill you if you say something wrong with the comments. Um, in my opinion, it kind of is a negative community, but I used that to kind of catapult myself. And rather than go on there and try to just share my stuff and say, hey guys, look at this, I'd ask for feedback as if I was just getting started. And because I asked for that feedback, it brought a lot of people over to my channel and then started a positive discussion because rather than somebody ripping on me, they felt like they were giving me feedback. Um, and, and that's just how I started on YouTube because then it started driving traffic. So that's the way that I recommend right now for people to, to do so, to build up their channel if they want to. Um, I don't know how well that works in 2020 because I did that in like 2016. Um, but yeah, that's how I got started. Awesome. What about your podcast? Kind of similar or did you more or less get the word out for your podcast through your YouTube um, content? Yeah, I pretty much used YouTube as a catapult from there. Um, you know, posting a podcast on Reddit is something that necessarily probably wouldn't be perceived all that well. So that's another thing is you've got to watch out for the content that you put on there. Because if you, I remember when I first started, I like posted like a video game with me talking about drones and people were like, why would you even post this? So that was when I first got started and it helped me learn what content was good and what content didn't work. And I feel like if I posted a long form podcast, I just don't know what, I don't know what the ROI would be on that. I don't know if anybody would actually want to see that. I feel like I'd almost get more negative feedback. Yeah, that's, that, that is a very good point. I'm not as familiar with Reddit as, as you are. So I, I don't, I wouldn't know how to use it effectively. So I personally need to do a lot more research on using it. Any, any other tips about kind of exploring the forums on Reddit that you'd like to share? at the end of the day, just being positive helps out a lot. And I think that has to do with any forums because that's where a lot of the very dedicated people are located. And that's where a lot of the, I guess, higher level um, forms of conversation happen. Because on Facebook, you see just in terms of drones, right? You see people posting photos and videos from their drones. But when you get onto the forums, maybe even specifically on DJI's end, like their own specific forums about their products, you see a lot of higher level communication about how these drones work. So you have a lot of smart people that think they know everything, basically. So I would just say at the end of the day, be positive um, and, and you'll walk away the winner every time. Going back to, I mean, I'd love to talk about your YouTube channel, but we'll save that perhaps for another day. Uh, sure. So going to your, your podcast, who are you using to host your podcast? So right now I'm hosting through um, Spreaker. Um, in fact, you see, I'm kind of still trying to learn the back end of how it works. Uh, right now, my, I guess, entire workflow is to shoot the podcast, um, or I guess record it, uh, how we're doing it right now. You works pretty well. I might have to give this, give this a try in the future. Um, but with my co-host who I have on with, you know, basically every single time we'll both jump on a phone call, we'll put our AirPods in. Uh, and then he'll record a track and I'll record a track and then he'll send me his audio file and I sync them together that way. Um, and then from there, I'll upload, you know, a video version of it to YouTube. And it's not really a video version. It's just like, you know, um, a .mov file with, 
a stagnant background that gets uploaded to YouTube. And then I upload, or, or I'm sorry, I export an audio only version. And then I upload that to SoundCloud and my RSS feed is linked to Spreaker. So then that distributes it out to all those other major platforms like uh, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify. So uh, how, how about you? I mean, what are you using? So I went from Buzzsprout from July of last year up until, I don't know, maybe February of this year. And Buzzsprout is awesome. It's really easy to use. They, the designers of it really made a user-friendly program. What made me switch was the there are hour restrictions of what you can upload per month. So for the plan I was on, I was at like the second from the top plan. I think it was like 14 bucks a month, something like that. And I could only upload four hours a month of audio content. So hmm. I, I was doing like I'm all the, I'm booked all the way out on the Get Heard show, uh, Get Heard podcast into the middle of June. Like so I wow. like to do all this work on the front end. Yeah, because yeah. with my with my job, I don't know what the hell's going to happen. Could be called away and and not be able to record stuff for who knows how long. So I'm just like I'm so anal retentive of of missing a week, and I just want to be consistent. So kind of really was not. I, I could only I'd have all this stuff that was sitting on my hard drive that I couldn't upload and schedule. So yeah, it makes sense. So and with Buzzsprout, you can only have one show at a time. And I, as I wanted to eventually do another show in kind of another direction, just kind of separate from Get Heard, I would have had to have another Buzzsprout account. So I use Captivate right now, can have as many shows as you want, upload unlimited audio, and the cap and kind of the catch is, I think you can only have, or it only supports 20,000 downloads per month, which I'm nowhere close to that. So very, very good system, A lot, a lots, of, lots of awesome data analytics, and it's a pretty pretty well-designed and thought-out program. Well, hey, that's pretty interesting that they limit you by downloads. I, I never have heard of, uh, I guess, a podcast posting uh, platform do that. that. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, so, I mean, it's maybe when I get there in 20 years or something, you know, I'll have to reconsider, but it's definitely going to yeah. support my, my growing pains for a long, long time. And it's very, I mean... I don't want to say I'm being harassed by customer service, but they were always asking me like, Hey, how's it going? What can we do to help? And they're like super, super nice and encourage your suggestions. And they've already implemented a couple of user suggestions into the program. So phenomenal so far, nothing but good things to say. Wow. Well, that's awesome. I, I definitely am shopping around. I went with Spreaker in the beginning. I don't really know what drove me to use them. Um, they've got some pretty good analytics on the back end too, but they're one of those platforms where they have the different tiers and you need to pay, you know, like a certain amount to get a certain, uh, you know, I guess type of analytic. So you can't look at, I think with my plan, I can't see like the demographics, I believe. So they have these different tiers and they really do make you spend a good amount of money. So I definitely need to shop around a little bit. Interesting. I did. I mean, I'm like, this is like what I, this is my one hobby that I do outside of the army. So I spent geez, I like five hours looking at the different hosts and comparing and like made Excel spreadsheets oh, man. and stuff. Yeah. I know I, like, like, like nuts. I would never survive without Excel. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I don't know how any business or, or leader functioned before Excel was a thing. I have no That's idea. So good. You know what? So I actually use numbers on my, or on my Mac rather than, uh, Excel. I mean, they're kind of one and the same. I think Excel might be a little bit more powerful, but for what I need with numbers and the continuity between like the Mac and the iPhone, I love it. I, I, I don't think I could survive without it. 
<laughs> yeah, it, even I mean, numbers does probably eighty percent of what I, just organizing data. That's like exactly. the name of the game. That, that's basically what we need for this stuff. So definitely, I, I was thinking of doing like a video review kind of walkthrough on Captivate. So I, as well, I'm starting a YouTube channel, I think that might be something that I can I can push out and people who are shopping around for hosts might find valuable. Yeah. And, and I agree because in my, in my situation where, you know, I have a good amount of knowledge on YouTube and then jumping over into the podcast thing, I know that trying to find a good host was kind of tough. And then trying to link my RSS feed from somewhere else, man, that was just such a pain. Um, and then going through the process of trying to get onto like Google podcasts and iTunes, all of that back end is just kind of tough. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but iTunes actually has their own podcast analytics now. I don't know if you saw that. I don't know if I have actually. I really, shoot, I, I really don't mess with pod, uh, Apple Podcasts at all. I have Apple everything except a phone, and I listen to <laughs> all my podcasts on my on my Droid on Spotify. So I'm kind gotcha. of lame. You you called it a Droid. That's funny. I, I haven't heard it called a Droid since like that first Motorola phone. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's, that's me, man. That's me. That's awesome. What, 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 what are the kiddos calling it these days, man? I'm looking at it right now. You know what? I mean, everybody's got an iPhone now. Uh, it's, it's just, it's so crazy to see the, I guess, diversity of smartphones. I would say there is none. All of my friends have iPhones. My whole entire family has iPhones. I barely know anybody that has an Android. I've also got a Pixel 4. This is like my secondary work phone that I use um, that I field a lot of calls on just maybe people that I don't want to have like my primary number. Um, sure. But with this with this phone, I have one friend that has a Pixel. And I was like, yo, here's my Pixel number. Let's text on this phone because we can send data messages. Um, so I, I think that there's only like three or four people that I know that use Androids, which um, it, it's, it's kind of a shame. I understand that because of iMessage, everybody is locked into Apple's ecosystem, but I think that Android has a lot to offer. And as I've seen it grow over the past couple of years, I feel like it's turning into a more and more polished piece of software that, you know, um, I guess Google ended up, I don't think that they developed it, right? They purchased it. I don't know the they whole backstory. It originally, yeah. Yeah, I don't know the whole backstory, but regardless, Google has done a really good job at turning Android into what it is today. The one thing is, and I guess I'm lucky that I have the Pixel, but anybody that doesn't have a Google phone, you don't know when you're getting an update. So that's the one thing that is a little bit wonky about it. True. Yeah, definitely. I uh, One of the main things for me besides, I mean, I was just, I think, having a bad day and was angry at Apple on that specific day where I upgraded my phone, but the <laughs> just being able to put my own SD card in whatever size I oh, wanted yeah. to, as opposed to being locked to buy a specific phone with a specific amount of memory. Yeah. So, so what phone do you have? I have the galaxy S nine plus. Okay, cool. Yeah. You know what? The expandable storage is huge and it's funny. I was just digging through some old boxes at my mom's. Um, and I found my old LG Voyager, which is like an old flip phone, full screen or full, uh, you know, physical keyboard and this has a micro SD card slot for what? I have no idea, but it's got one. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's really, I think I have like 500 gigs on my micro SD card that I just threw a bunch of movies on and stuff for my kids when we're out and about. And yeah, they're, they're having a fit. I'm able to appease them very quickly. Yeah, that's huge because think about if you were to upgrade to the higher end storage for the iPhone, 
it would be twice what you would spend on a micro SD card. It's, it's just, it's not even comparable. Absolutely. But then the iPhone with all the other Apple products are just so compatible. And I mean, it is really easy that way, but it's nice. Totally, totally agree. So for microphones for your podcast, are you using the uh, AirPods for the condenser that's on there? Do you have a traditional microphone you use? No. So what I'm talking into right now um, and what I use for all of my podcasts and actually what I used for my videos for a little bit until I kind of upgraded my audio game, um, I've got the Samson G-Track Pro. I'm looking, I'm looking at also upgrading this microphone. So this is just a USB mic. It really does make things easier, but I'm looking at something, looking to upgrade to something that has an, um, you know, an XLR cable. It's just so that I can put it into a condenser, get a higher quality, um, you know, audio recording. The one that I, I think that I've seen everybody use. And the one that I'm looking at is the, it's, it's made by Shure. Uh, I don't know the exact name of it, but what do you use? So the Shure one is awesome, and I think it's a dynamic, which is what you would want to use for a podcast. The yeah, yeah. What I've, what I've heard for that one is uh, you need, I think, I, I'm not sure if it draws phantom audio, so you need to like put a, I think it's called like a cloud lifter on it, like a preamp okay. to just give it a little bit more volume without turning the gain up all the way and making it sound cruddy. Makes but sense. I just went from a Blue Bird condenser microphone, which is phenomenal to a Rode Procaster Dynamic. So really, really pleased with it so far and loved my my Blue Bird microphone. It just, it was so sensitive and so good. It would pick up like helicopters, my kids running around talking on the other side of the house. So, well, you know, what's crazy. I was doing a shoot. um, Gosh, this was probably a couple of months ago now at this point. um, And I was running audio on the shoot. So I brought all my own gear. I've got an audio technica at it's got a ton of numbers afterwards but i have an audio technica boom microphone shotgun microphone um so i'm running that into a zoom h6 recorder and then when i'm running audio i've got like my bose quiet comfort 35s on so it cancels out all the noise i can hear perfectly in there and it was totally quiet in the room and i had the microphone just above the subjects like head basically pointing down towards their chest and their their mouth um, and I could just like hear the saliva in his mouth and I could hear like <laughs> the, the, I don't know if it was like his, his guts or something, but I could hear like things moving inside <laughs> of his body. It was picking up everything. And it was like, Oh, this is weird. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. I mean, it's like a good problem to have, I guess, but I mean, it's just so crazy and it's like, you know, why, why the yeah. hell can I pick that up? That's weird. I know. But if, I know. Do you, do you like the audio technica, uh, Shaka mic on that? So the reason that I purchased it was because it was a bestseller on Amazon and because it was fairly inexpensive. I think it was like $160. Um, so, so far, I really like it. I can say the area that I'm in um, to record my audio, shoot my videos is not necessarily the best. I've pretty much got a ton of bare walls all around me. So there is a little bit of echo. The good thing is I've got carpet in here. So it kind of dampens that echo a little bit. But I'm here for school right now. It's kind of a temporary shooting setup. Um, so I don't want to do too much to like treat the whole area. I also do a good amount of shooting outside just when I'm like flying my drone. So I feel like sometimes I'm 50, 50 shooting inside, shooting outside. Um, but you know, after school, my mom just redid her basement moving in there for a little bit. So I'm going to set up like a proper studio down there. 
Um, and then maybe, you know, even if I, if, even if it works out and if I end up moving out, maybe I can continue to use that as a shooting space and an office space. So that's, that's looking into the future, but I definitely do want to up my audio game by just doing a little bit of like soundproofing to dampen that echo. Yeah, it makes total sense. I mean, that makes a, a big difference. You don't often think about it, but if definitely the reverb, the, the bounce back of the sound waves, definitely you can tell, a, a trained ear can tell if you're like a sound geek. But yeah. if you like Audio Technica, uh, Pat Flynn, who's like the godfather of podcasting, suggests and recommends, I think it's the Audio Technica ATR2100 okay. dynamic microphone. And he's been using it for years, has recommended it and has phenomenal reviews on Amazon. So if you like, if you're loyal to that brand, you know, something to consider. The one that I have, I've just got it written down here in a folder because I, you know, name all my files coming in. It's the Audio-Technica AT875R. Um, so that's the one that I'm using. I think it's pretty inexpensive on Amazon. It, it's good. It got me going right now. And I've definitely improved my audio, um, you know, over the past couple of months, but I am looking to take another leap. So I'll definitely take a look at that. That'll probably be my next purchase. <laughs> definitely. And then this road uh, road came out with a mic specific for podcasters. And then this one, the one I have, the Procaster is a step up from that phenomenal. So road also makes, I know they, I think they started out making shotgun mics for mm -hmm. video, but I mean, they're, dynamic uh, audio mics are, are phenomenal. Yeah, well, you know what? At, at first, when I bought that Audio-Technica mic, I tried to kind of cheat and, and kind of cut around the system by um, buying like an XLR to a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack converter. And I tried to just run it right into my camera and that just didn't work at all. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen much success from others doing that. I mean, God bless you for trying. I, I would have tried that too, unless I would have read some reviews online, you know, after many people have done it and failed like, okay, yeah, something I would have tried, but thank you internet for telling me to not do it. Yeah. And I probably should have done that too. I ordered one off of Amazon for like $9 and I was hoping that it would kind of get me around needing to buy a recorder, but I bit the bullet on the zoom H six. And I'm really glad that I did because I think it's a really great recorder and I don't have much to compare it to, but I purchased it over the H4 just because I wanted something that was a little bit more high end. I wanted something that had an updated interface. I'd used the H4 in a couple of my classes before and just wasn't really a fan of the build, but the H6 I'm really happy with. I use, it's called, it's from Blue. It's called the Icicle, which is a xlr to usb kind of converter and i've oh, had it cool. for 10 years in a box and you know i plugged it in a year ago when i started podcasting and the thing works and it sounds great so nice. that's what i use for my interface and i mean 10 years that i've had it and it still works like a charm so something else i recommend to those out there yeah that's awesome i was listening to your podcast uh you know just to get a feel for the show and your audio sounds great so whatever you're doing keep it up <laughs> Oh, that makes me so happy. I want to be, I don't want to be one of those podcasters with shitty audio. So thank no, you. No, no, that, that, You're good. I will, I will sleep well tonight, Billy. Thank you so much <laughs> for those kind words. But, uh, so for your audio editing, I know you, you and your uh, co-host send the files to one another and it gets compiled. So what kind of, you guys using GarageBand, Logic Pro, Audacity? So because I actually end up exporting as a video, I put everything, everything together within Final Cut Pro. Um, and I use some of their audio editing within there. In fact, I just kind of got like a general preset that I use on my um, Audio Technica. I transferred it over to my mic, which is the Samson G-Track Pro. And my co-host, Ken, I swear he's switching a microphone like every 
single episode the dude just always buys new gear and then sells his old gear so um i have like a preset that kind of dials in our voice to a point where i like it but i definitely do need to learn the ins and outs of how to better edit my audio so i think that final cut pro is going to be a good place to piece together all of my clips right so i've got like the backdrop for my video i've got the different audio clips from me and ken um, but there's something that I I really want to get into, which is audition. Um, and I've kind of watched some videos on people and what they do to treat audio and to get rid of like noises in the background um, and just specific things regarding like audio for podcasts and videos. But it's something that when I just get into that effects panel, I get overwhelmed with how many different options there are, even though a lot of the videos that I see kind of dial it down to like a couple of things that you would use, like maybe um, what is it like the the denoise maybe i don't know if it's on my head but that's something that i definitely want to get into awesome yeah it is a whole animal and I, I see the stuff that you do on your videos and that that stuff just baffles me on videos like i wouldn't even know where to start at I'm all just, like, that's how i am with that's how i am with audio i feel like uh i feel like i have feet for hands <laughs> no that that's a perfect analogy yeah I, I have no clue i mean you're shooting all these awesome shots and it's just like holy shit man Thank i don't even know how to do that I, I can fly my drone you know relatively well but the post-production and the editing and stuff you do to bring everything together is phenomenal thank you thank you with uh between your youtube channel and your podcast you do you or you and your co-host use any kind of do you have any va virtual assistant involvement or are you guys doing all the editing and admin stuff in-house yeah, no, uh, I pretty much do everything on my own uh, in terms of like video editing, planning and stuff like that. Um, it's never really come to my mind to ever outsource editing. I can say that I shoot real estate and I outsource my real estate photo editing, which, um, you know, that that's like if you shoot a whole entire house, that whole house to shoot would potentially take like an hour to edit. So in terms of photography for work, for real estate, just because it's business and I'm shooting all day, I'll end up outsourcing that to edit. But everything that goes on my YouTube channel is pretty much done by me from top to bottom, unless I'm like collaborating with Ken, maybe he shoots a little bit, or maybe he'll edit a portion of the video, or if I'm just collaborating with anybody else. Um, but I feel like when I'm working, there's a lot of people within like, you know, video production and photography that'll tell you what they want and then you kind of build it for them. But I feel like YouTube is my place to, to, even though I'm sharing a lot of like tutorial informational videos, um, I feel like it's my place to do what I want and I could never see myself ever giving up that creative control, even if it was ever, um, you know, in jeopardy because there was a potential sponsorship or maybe there was somebody I was working with that's the one thing that would never go would be the creative control because it's something that actually makes me feel like I'm enjoying creating the content, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, that's a great way to put it. I mean, there's stuff that I, I don't like doing that I, I would like to outsource, but it's not involved in the creative part of it. It's like the sending emails and that along those yeah, lines. Yeah. It's definitely like the editing, doing the EQ, all the intro stuff. I could never see myself outsourcing that either. Yeah, and um, you know, with me, when I'm creating a video, I sit down and most of my YouTube videos start out with a script or some sort of rough outline. And from the minute I start thinking about what I want to say in the video, I'm actually already editing that video, thinking about how I'm going to shoot it, thinking about how that footage is going to be edited or edited. Um, and there's been times where like I'll work with somebody else and maybe they'll say, Hey, I shot this video. Can you edit it for me? And like, while that's 
maybe seems to be easy, right? Like, oh, you didn't shoot it. All you got to do is edit it. Well, my editing process starts before I even start shooting a video, just because you know how you want to shoot it to then piece it together later. So while it might seem easy to just edit a video, you kind of have to have a game plan before you go into it. Because if you're looking at a whole stockpile of footage, thinking to yourself, how am I going to make this work? It's just not a good feeling. Yeah, it can become overwhelming very, very quickly. Definitely. I feel yeah. you there. Well, Billy, that is all the questions I have for you tonight, my man. So anything else? Where can where can my listeners find you on YouTube and everything else you have going on? Yeah, well, hey, uh, on any of the social media platforms, if you just Google Billy Kyle, uh, I should be the one that comes up. Usually I'm the kid that's like flying a drone. Uh, you know, it's funny when I first started posting YouTube videos, there's this guy, his name is Billy Kyle. He's from like, you know, the early 1900s. He's a jazz pianist. And it was always my goal that when you search Billy Kyle on YouTube, my videos would come up first. So I'm sorry to that guy who's probably dead by now, but um, I beat him out. <laughs> you did beat him out. That is outstanding. And uh, yeah, listeners, uh, I highly encourage you guys to go on his YouTube channel his cinematography and videos are just phenomenal. I've been a big fan of his uh, by, I guess, forcing them to. My kids are big fans of yours because that's what I play on our TV and force them to watch. So, awesome. man, love, well, hey. love what you're doing and, you know, keep up the good work, man. Yeah, thank you so much. And you know what? It's just so great to see um, people connecting through the drone community. Uh, I know that your podcast isn't necessarily about drones in particular, but it's so cool to see that people who just fly drones for fun, maybe they fly drones for work, how everybody can come together. So, uh, you know, I hope that with everything you have going on, you can continue to find time to fly that drone because, dude, it's just so much fun. <laughs> it is so much fun. Well, again, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show and take care, man. Yeah, thank you. Hey there, my llama friends. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you want to learn more about Talking Llama Media, please head to my website at getherdpodcast.com slash talkinglama. There, you can apply to join the Llama Herd. And if you don't know, the Llama Herd is an inner circle of extremely dedicated, creative podcasters who are very, very active in the industry and always looking to collaborate. If you like this show, please subscribe so that you don't miss new episodes as they're released. And if you really want to take your support for Talking Llama Media to the next level, please consider becoming a patron. Something like $1 per month can go a very, very long way if all of you awesome listeners out there choose to be so generous and do that. Stay confident, stay creative, and stay curious. I'll see you next time.